0: You are now entering the world of blissful living, broadcasting around the globe and on the Blissful Living Network with Rochelle Marie Lawson. Are you lacking energy, clarity, and that sense of true well being? Are you overworked, underpaid, and know that you deserve more in life? You are not alone. Improve your wellness, wisdom, and wealth so that you can step into living the life of your dreams. And now, here's your host of Blissful Living, the queen of feeling fabulous. Rochelle Marie Lawson
1: The following segment is a continuation of our conversation from last week's show. We jump right in where we left off. Please enjoy you told us about how the book really you know you came came about. It was a project you know that you basically turned in and you know, your your professor loved it and you got a great, you know, you got a great grade based on the email that you received from the professor. And you kind of, you know, always had a uh, an inkling or a liking or the wherewithal, I don't know if that's the right word either, to deal with elderly people. Because some people don't like elderly people and they don't like to deal with them because they can be very pancancerous and, um, you know, mean and you know all that kind of stuff but you didn't have a problem dealing with that if there was one thing that you could say or share with the the listeners with regards to um just embracing the elderly and the age the whole aging process what would you say
2: i would definitely um reflect back on the story you just shared and think about how this gentleman had evolved and what capacity he had in his late 70s to allow you a chance to stop and think about your life. So I do think that um, the older generation has so many lessons to teach us and he recognized that the mass chaos of living day to day in his younger life had robbed him a little bit along the way. And he wanted to turn around and make that right. So I think that it was awesome that he had that self reflection. And I talk about these sorts of things in the book How Worry Is That Rains or Shines, and you have a party. Uh, just go to Plan B and roll with it. Right. And so I think it's important that we understand that other people's plight and journey is onto their own, and we don't know what they're going through. But a lot of older people may be very well uh, frustrated and cantankerous because they're used to being able uh, to have the ability to do things with much more ease. And it's tough waking up with your joints hurting and aches and pains It's tough where uh, you, at one point in your life, were able to see things, and now you have sight and visual impairment, and that is frustrating. And it's challenging to have mobility issues and to have memory issues. And for them to appear to be annoyed or challenging To us, I think if we had empathy and understanding as to their plight, because one thing I can assure each of us, if we're lucky, we'll be there because we're all aging together. So, I think to give away the very thing that we would want. And they want the same thing we want. They want to be relevant. They don't want to be invisible. They want to be approachable. They want to be loved, just like the rest of society. So I think it's important that we treat them like the relevant, incredible, brilliant citizens that they are, and embrace that because we're all going to be there if we're (laughs) lucky enough to make it to that journey. And so I think it's just so important that we um, make sure that we have understanding of what any age
1: is going through. Oh, that's beautiful. Very beautifully said. God, I just got this like warm, fuzzy feeling, you know, listening to you because it, it really is so true. And how often we forget, you know, when you see elderly people, uh, just the, just yesterday I was walking and there was this little elderly lady and, you know, everybody's just brisket past her, you know, just, and she had her little three legged cane and, you know, she's walking, her hair is all white, you know, she's all hunched over. She's, you know, and I walked past her and then I'd like, wait a minute, I'd slow down and like you know, slow down and kind of backed up to her and, you know, I'm just, you know, said, how's your, how are you doing? And she's like, oh, fine. I'm like, do you need any help with anything? And she was like, oh no, honey, I'm good. She goes, I'm just, I move a little slow, but I get to where I need to go. And I thought how cute was that? And, you know, she thanked me, but so many times that just, you know, was like a metaphor for me because so many times we just brushed through our day and brushed through our life. And, you know, you see these elderly people and no one really stops to, Say hi to them or ask them if they need help or ask them how their day is. And when you do, their face lights up and, and you know, even the ones that are cantankerous and, you know, mean-spirited or whatever, they appreciate the, just someone acknowledging them because they're they're not invisible. And a lot of times people just think, you know, treat the elderly like they're invisible and they're not. And we're all going to get there if we're lucky you know, to that point, and so it's, it's just beautiful what you said. Now, I want to get go back to the book a little bit. Um, you know, your your book is in color, and it includes photographs and quotes and poetry, which is kind of unique in the whole whole scheme of things. When you think about writing a book, or anybody that's written a book, you know, usually you get a book, you open it up, it's black and white, you know, black words on white pages, or cream color pages or eggshell pages, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, it's, it's you know, I want to say like, it's like a, um, I don't want to say dissertation, but it's just like a, a, a piece of written work, right? Not a lot of times there's not color, it's, there's no color in it and definitely no photographs. And And if it's a book that's written, if it's not a book that's just about poetry, there's no poetry in there. And you might get a few quotes in there, but generally it's just words written on a page, Your book includes all of those things. You know, why did you decide to go to a format where it's colorful and you got photographs in there and, you know, quotes and poetry? in this book, that's all about planning the process of making things smoother for, you know, your death. Why did you decide to do that?
2: This book is a total mashup. It is a collage of all kinds of things, as is life. And we never know what to expect. And so it was important for me to do a couple of things, and that was to keep the readers on the journey and complete what was extremely important in the overall goal, which which was to work their way through the book. And so I wanted them to anticipate the next page and think, okay, my goodness, that was pretty neat. Oh, my goodness, that was funny. Ooh, that was deeply resonating. Ooh, that spoke to me. But I wanted them to think about what's waiting on the next page. What's that next quote going to be? How will this be addressed? And so it was important for me to allow the book to be a journey of which the reader could engage. And I say, my name is on the cover. However, the reader themselves is the final author of this book. They make it unique. They bring it to life. They make it theirs. And so it was so important for me to speak to a variety of People that share uh, varying perspectives and appeal to a mass group of people so that I could ensure that it was a pleasant and enriching experience for them. And so that's why every once in a while there's uh, a poem, Uh, there's quotes all throughout it, it's color. And I recognize that writing a book on the topic of death may put some people off. So I wanted to let them know what they were in for, which was a pleasant journey. Um, The title, Final Affairs Forged with Flare Finesse and Functionality, F-U-N, capitalized, lets people know that, okay, Perhaps I can do this. This may be gratifying. And I think that she's saying it's going to be fun. Really? So let me begin on this journey. And right away, I think that they're disarmed and they're like, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. So now, it's kind of like a hybrid book. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it is different. And uh, people are calling it a hybridized book.
1: I like how you said that you wanted to keep them engaged. Because uh, the whole topic is, it, it can be heavy, you know, it can be heavy. And, um, and you wanted to keep them engaged. And so um, the premise kind of like, I guess how it evolved was that um, it wasn't really a book about what you had to say, but it was a book about the experience the person's going through as they go through the book, it becomes that person's book. And each book that is out there is that person who has it, it's their own unique book, so to speak. So I like that because um, it makes it, even though it's a book that anyone and all of us can buy, when we buy it, it becomes our own personal book, our own personal journey, our own personal plan. And I think um, because you have included the color and the photographs, the quotes and the poetry, it will help people to become more engaged and stay engaged in a topic that sometimes can be very hard for people or sometimes very difficult and heavy for others to deal with. So I really, really, really like that. It seems like it's, um, it, you know, could be a very fun process to go through reading your book, but making the book my own, so to speak. So I think that's really, really, really cool. Now, you know, as authors, because I'm an author as well, as authors, you know, we have these challenges that come up when we're working on our masterpieces, so to speak. And um, what were some of the challenges you encountered with writing this book, with particular, you know, to the the topic of the book?
2: <laughs> and that is that was the number one challenge. In the topic. Um, gee. Who wants to buy a book about planning for their own death? No, thank you. I'll wait. (laughs) Uh, Not today. And so that was uh, issue number one, which is why I tackled it with this hodgepodge of different incorporations to keep it light. And uh, all throughout the book, I tell people, if you want more information, we're going to scratch the surface here. But if I went deep, you guys wouldn't turn the page. And so there's always the opportunity for people to gain more knowledge on a topic that we explore on their own. But I recognized that I needed to keep this light, scratch the surface, get the job done that was, you know, of epic uh, importance, and to make sure that I never went too technical, that I never went too academic, and that I kept it light so That was my first challenge, was how to make death, the conversation of death, both personally and with your family members, something that was enjoyable. The second challenge was the one-size-fits-all dilemma. How do I make this book appeal to a vast array of potential readers? And that is where the workbook itself comes into play. There may be sections that don't apply. And you would skip those sections. Um, If there's a certain question in there that doesn't seem to be applicable, then you would go to the next question. And so it is a book that is very much able to appeal to a wide range of readers, and it is for any adult of any age, because the book is allowed to grow with you as your life changes. And as your life journey reveals new perspectives and new understandings um, and new uh, desires, you may start out saying that you want this and um, you could remarry, have additional children be born. And now your life maybe is in a different direction and and you've grown and as have the information that you've written in the book. So you're able to update it and change it. And then I think that um, the last... Uh, challenge was to make sure that I had a venue where the readers could take ownership of this work and that they could be engaged in the process and lose themselves in what it really was and be able to put their fingerprint on what they wanted it to be and buy into the process that this is the written version of your legacy. This is Mm -hmm. an opportunity continue to share your love long after your departure. When you think about your loved ones picking up this book and reading, smiles are going to be generated, laughter, love, tears, all of it. And you have the capacity to keep your legacy alive and to continue to provide love and support long after your mortal departure. And so mm-hmm. I think that people recognize as soon as they get into this that this is epically huge and this isn't a time for me to cut corners. I'm all in. It's a call to action. And the readers so far have said call to action, gentle, nurturing, and it's it's a get-or-done approach that is in a healthy and enjoyable, enriching manner.
1: Mm, very nice. I, I love it. Now, um, you know, you had those challenges with with regards to writing, but what would you say would be a favorite part of the book that you just really, really enjoyed
2: chunking out? Well, I would say that the section, believe it or not, on funerals is a great <laughs> one because I know people are surprised, but it's an opportunity to really orchestrate your last public performance. And it is a chance for you to really show the world what mattered to you and to instore and restore healing with your survivors. So I address it that think about the funerals you've been to and what they were like to you and think about the ones that truly you left there feeling like the individual had truly been honored for the incredible life they had lived. And what was what was it about that experience that made it unique and special? And so I encourage everybody in the book to plan their own funeral. I give them ideas of different ways that they can do that. There's worksheets in there, and the worksheets make it so easy uh, from you know flowers, um, songs, who's speaking, um, and how you make it unique. And people get pretty creative in this area, and it's funny. Uh, and enjoyable, and it's like this secret that they're keeping, even though they're like, okay, I'm pretty sure I won't be there. I don't really know what happens when we die. I mean, maybe I'm there to watch all of this, but I can guarantee you this is going to blow their minds, and it's going to take the sting out of this awful day of grief and bereavement. They're going to laugh at what I have orchestrated for them. So um, that section I love, the Me, Myself, and I section, is an opportunity for you to share your life story in incredible detail and through the questions that are answered there. You enjoy this and you're smiling as you complete it because you're hitting rewind and you're going back in your life to your earliest memories and the people that matter to you and the lessons that you learned and what life lessons you want to share with those that you love and care about. And so it's a very enriching section of the book. And then my third favorite section is the letters to loved ones that Mm -hmm. I have my readers write that are just incredibly beautiful in a way for them to continue their love in written form long after their departure. So I encourage people to write these letters throughout your life course because we just don't know. I've written them for my children in the event that uh, life takes my life before I'm ready and before it's my time. Then my daughter would have that envelope that reads to my beautiful girl on your wedding day. And Mm -hmm. she's able to open that sealed envelope throughout her life milestones. And my son, to my son, when you become a dad and they're missing you for these huge life events, and right. yet you get to be there. You get to share your words, and they echo and resonate on these days that uh, you have planned on. So I think it's just important that the letters to loved ones help soothe the souls of those we leave behind.
1: Wow, that's beautiful. Okay, listeners out there, she just shared several wonderful things that you can do, um, even if you never pick up the book, but I highly suggest that you do pick it up. She said several wonderful things. And as she was talking about them, it kind of, you know, touched my, my soul and touched my heart because I always told my kids every since they were little, and I don't know where I got this. And I've been to a lot of funerals in, in my family, but, and they were all different but I always I tell my kids that when I die I want them cuz I'm like the you know the queen of feeling fabulous I want them to I want to be um taken to the cemetery if it's a, you know if they can afford it or if it's affordable if I planned correctly um and you know you see the horse drawn carriages where they, you know, I, I've always, I don't know, I think they do that a lot. I just remember a lot of that like happening in Louisiana. I don't know. And so I always thought that was just the coolest thing. It was like Cinderella, you know, last journey. And, um, and so I told my kids that when they were little, and it's so funny, you know, they're like, grown now, and they always remember that me. Remember me telling them they they can remember where we were, what kind of, I was driving. They were in the back seat. I'm telling them, I'm I mean, probably because we passed a funeral, and they and someone was doing that, and they all they remember the exact you know the exact moment I told them, and it was just the, and they were little little kids, but it was funny because you know they remember <laughs> that. every right?
2: conversation a kid wants to have with their parents. <laughs> okay, know, now if I pass, this <laughs> is how this is gonna work. <laughs>
1: So funny. And then I just think of like the very first funeral that I experienced was my grandfather, uh, my paternal grandfather. He was Sicilian. And it was like this it was, you know, as a, I was eight. So it was like, oh my gosh, you know, my beloved grandfather passed away, you know, and, you know, everyone should be, you know, sad and crying. And they were the moment he passed away. But the funeral was like so festive and, joyful. And after the funeral, there was, they had this, you know, this big huge party and, you know, and I thought, you know, that's how I want, that's how I want, things to be for me. I don't want people sitting around mourning and crying. And, you know, I want people to engage in the fact that, you know, I've gone on and be happy and joyful. And, and that, so that was one of the other things I picked up, you know, it's like, I want that carriage. Of course, I want my last Cinderella ride, but then also I want it to be a festive event. I don't want it, people to be mourning my life. I want them to celebrate my life. And then you you talk about the letters, And I thought, wow, you know, how cool, how cool would that be if, you know, just using my grandfather, you know, when I got married, if there was a letter from him to me on my wedding day or because I was extremely close to him um, or if. You know what I'm saying? It's just these little things that you don't think about, but when you talked about them, it just brought a smile to my face because it doesn't have to be a solemn experience. It could be very joyful and lively and, and happy, you know, and you can do whatever you want to do as long as you plan ahead for it and let those you know, let those who are left behind know what your wishes are, like how you, who you want to speak. And, you know, I thought, wow, that's, that's so, that's really, really so cool. And you don't know if the people are there and their soul is looking down as they, you know, the uh, process of their funeral, if they're watching and looking and, you know, you, we don't know that, but wouldn't it be cool if you, if you could see, you know, you passed away and you look down and, you're present and you see all these people and, you know, they're celebrating your life and, you know, talking about what you, the legacy you left with regards to the things you did because you planned appropriately. And so, um, lots of, lots of wonderful things that you just shared now. I'm okay. I can go on and on and on, but we're coming up for time. And I want to really get you, um, what you do. So you've written this wonderful book. Now, how, um, how, is the continuum going, because I know you do some things with workshops. So can you just tell the listeners a little bit about, you know, now that they've got the book and they want to engage in a little bit more work with you, tell them a little bit about your workshops that you have.
2: Okay. The uh, Sunrises and Sunsets workshops are a great way to work the book in a social setting and to forge new friendships and um, try to even make the ones you have uh, go reach a deeper level. And so the groups are able to be formed. You would go to my website, which is the www.sunrisesandsunsetsbook.com, and you would request a workshop or share that you have a group that is interested in one. And so through the group approach, a lot of laughter takes place, and The conversations expand, and they go in different directions, and ideas are shared. And so each workshop is unique. Uh, They're guaranteed to be fun. And it also, it cures any tendencies for procrastination. When the workshop is over, this book is done, and you've done what you need to do for yourself and for those that you love. And so uh, there will also be the Leader's Guide up, hopefully by the end of this weekend, Where if somebody says, you know what, okay, I'm not going to have Holly lead my workshop, but I want to lead my dinner club or my church group or spiritual group or my book club, my civic or social organization, I'm going to lead. And so the leader's guide is kind of a teacher's guide to what I do when I lead the workshops so we're hosting them all throughout um right now i have people to host where i can't get i do have just wonderful professionals that can handle that all throughout the south and um we're expanding as we have requests
1: where are you located
2: Huntsville Alabama
1: oh okay 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 just to give the listeners so you know if, if people are more on the east um or close to you it may be more you know It's feasible to have you come in, and if they're, like, way over here on the West Coast, you know, there's there's other avenues for them to engage in this wonderful workshop process and and make it fun and lively and um, very engaging. Now, with regards to um, the book, how can people get a copy of the book?
2: Well, they, I invite them and encourage them to go on my website and learn more about Sunrises and Sunsets and other planning initiatives. Uh, there is a special section there just for readers of the book uh, that is available to them. So the Sunrises and Sunsets, and it's a A-N-D, plural on Sunrises and Sunsets, book.com and they can also subscribe. I give away a free book a month, so it's available for purchase on my website. If Amazon is more convenient or Barnes & Noble, it's also available there, and so it's available really wherever fine books are sold, Uh, but I would love to have people also visit the website just to get a different approach and um, additional ideas that I have for planning that didn't make the book um, because a book can only be so big, so... Anyway, the sunrisesandsunsetsbook.com.
1: Thank you for sharing that. So you guys out there listening, you have an idea where you can get the book and pick up the book. But before we let Holly go, there's one other thing that I want her to share. Now, you founded the Ladder Life Planning Institute. Can you quickly tell us a little bit about that?
2: Well, we all have a journey that we're on, and uh, the Ladder Life Planning Institute is there to address... Uh, and provide guidance for life's inevitable journey. That journey is aging, and it's also our final departure. And so I specialize in the area of promoting enhanced aging experiences to encourage people to live their life through their bucket list Mm. and to find meaning in the everyday spirit of life. And so um, I also help groups, businesses, and individuals and families prepare uh for their comprehensive advanced care planning initiatives and I provide education through the Later Life Planning Institute of how to best connect and relate uh to the elderly generation and things that maybe that they think is the best thing to do they may just be misunderstood and so it's important that businesses who cater to seniors actually really understand uh what the generation needs and what serves them best, and so I just really focus in the uh, second side of life and preparing people for vivacious aging and also for departing.
1: Beautiful. Well, it's been a pleasure to have you, Holly, and again, what a wonderful piece of work that you're doing, and I love everything we talked about with regards to sunrises and sunsets, final affairs forged with flair, finesse, and functionality. It it just takes a really heavy subject and topic for most people, and it makes it fun and engaging and and beautiful and happy. And, you know, and it actually allows the person to be in control of their, you know, their final departure, so to speak. So, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the work that you're doing for this awesome book. Um, I can't wait to get it and, uh, you know, begin engaging in the process and just going through the exercises. I think it's just going to be a hoot, you know, um, because it's, it's, it's something that we don't normally think about or do. And so thank you for being a guest on blissful living. And, um, do you have any last words or anything final that you want to say?
2: Well, I just want to thank you for the work that you do and all of the different ways that you promote and enhance people's life journey and allowing um, guests such as myself to be able to share their work and elevate humanity. So I appreciate that you're out there connecting with your listeners and bringing information that can help them and those that they love. So I want to thank you for the opportunity of being your guest today.
1: Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. You're just a, you're just a gem. You are just a diamond in Huntsville, Alabama. (laughs) That's beautiful. (laughs) Well, to all of you out there listening, thank you for tuning in to Blissful Living. It has been my honor and my pleasure to bring the fabulous Holly Kelly with her wonderful topic of sunrises and sunsets, final affairs forged with flair, finesse, and functionality. I highly suggest that you go pick up this book, whether you pick it up for yourself or someone that you love and care about, Pick up this book, go to her, book, her website, sunrisesandsunsetsbook.com. And again, I guarantee that it'll be a fun process for you and it'll just give you a whole new span on the whole process of planning for your final departure or, you know, those that you love and care about. I am Rochelle Marie Lawson, the queen of feeling fabulous. And until next week, I'm wishing you peace to your mind, wellness to your body and tranquility to your spirit good day and bye for now
0: thank you for joining brochelle marie lawson on blissful living to contact Rochelle marie and to find out more about blissful living click on blissful living for you link right here on the blissful living network catch all the blissful living episodes on demand and available for download 24 7 on blissfullivingforyou.com. 4 com. until next week may your life be filled with peace wellness, abundance, and prosperity.